Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey there, Z Nation fans. Welcome to another episode of the Z Nation After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight we are talking about Season 4, Episode 4, Keep Moving, A New Mission. We have a very special guest with us tonight, so stay tuned. You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Thank you, Michelle. This, yes. this was a fantastic pick. And I was going to go with On the Road again, but no, this is so much better. <laughs> this is a hellish landscape. <laughs> you cannot go wrong with ACDC. Right on the nose. <laughs> I'm really jealous, actually. My little brother got to go to an ACDC concert, and I wasn't invited. Ooh. That's rude. Yeah. Hashtag rude. I mean, I don't often invite my siblings to concerts either, but they're in another state. Well, this was more my parents bringing him to an ACDC yeah. concert <laughs> and not extending me the invitation. Uh, but yes, that's a conversation yeah. for another day. Hello, Z Nation fans. Uh, we are talking about season four, episode four. Keep moving. A new mission. Guys, I'm super excited for tonight, and uh, you guys will see why in just a moment. I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. To my left is the lovely Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can follow me all over the social medias at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. To her left is the lovely Michelle Cullen. Hello. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. And guys, joining us in the studio tonight is a very, very special guest, the writer of tonight's episode, Delandra Williams. Yay! Hi. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Oh, it is our pleasure. Um, for those of you guys watching live, Katie's got you on the live chat if you guys have any questions for our fantastic guest. And we are also going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVZNation on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, keep those comments coming. Uh, I think probably the cold open to this episode is one of the most jarring and yet at the same time <laughs> hilariously horrifying openings I think the show has ever done. I think it's one of the shortest cold openings we've had for Z Nation yeah. like yeah. ever. Yeah, we sometimes have 20 minute openings we've had that <laughs> Well, I definitely were I couldn't tell you off the top of my head which episode it was but I definitely remember like it being a good chunk into the episode and then all of a sudden seeing the Z Nation logo and being like Oh, yeah, I guess oh. we didn't do that. Uh, roll credits. <laughs> um, but I I really enjoyed it, though. It was short, but it was sweet. And again, it was a nice emphasis and reminder of how difficult killing these new types of zombies are going to be. I mean, they cut it to pieces, and its eye was still, like, I love its moving little blink, around. Blink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they pancaked it. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Like pizza. It had, yeah, it had kind of, like, an Italian pizza <laughs> sort of marinara sauce vibe going on. Yeah. <laughs> kind yummy. Of like, I just had Chunky a zombie pizza. sauce. Yeah, that does sound yeah. good. Delicious. Arabietta zombie. <laughs> Dear Lord. Um, I used to work in an Italian restaurant. I could go on. 
East Hill. It wasn't a good restaurant. <laughs> I don't think it's up to code to serve zombies. Say that. That's actually why it got shut down. Uh, maybe maybe <laughs> it's jumping ahead to bring it up, but definitely Murphy would probably patron that that particular restaurant. Mm. Should, should we dump, jump into that? Actually? Kind of into self-cannibalism right That's, now? Yeah, we're, we're going into auto-cannibalism territory, and that is not mm-hmm. something I'd ever see outside of the darkest corners of fanfiction.net. So, um... Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's funny. Um, Keith and I used to write together. We That's how we started out at the asylum was we wrote a couple of zombie movies together. And in the first one, our big idea that we loved was LeVar Burton starts cutting off pieces of his own arm <gasps> and feeding it to his daughter who's zombified. And we just, Ow. it was so gross that we loved it. So, <laughs> so of course, of course, we had, you know, the two of us teaming up on this episode had to be like, well, of course, people have to be eating themselves. That's our signature. <laughs> it's like fighting your fingernails but so much worse so much worse uh, so yeah kind of tying into that like this episode i i really enjoyed this one uh, because it's it's very much a pivot episode of like we're going in one direction and we're partway through and by the end of it we've resolved to go in a completely different direction mm-hmm. um sitting down to write this episode did you know um when you started writing it that keith was going to be directing yeah we knew i knew that right away because they told me as soon as i sat down in the writer's room keith skyer episode like i said we've known each other for a long time so it was exciting and it was good to get the gang together again <laughs> that was which yeah. is kind of what this episode is it's kind of you know let's get back on the road and let's sort of get things going and see what the dynamics are between our characters now with this new season now i do have to ask is it difficult writing for a character whose kind of grip on reality is potentially tenuous at this point and and we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get into Warren's side of things but for her storyline you know she's so driven she's always been such a driven character but again because the other characters aren't quite sure if her grasp of reality can be fully trusted that puts her in a very interesting position yeah, well, I mean, who among us doesn't have a tenuous grip on reality, right? So, so These me. days, it certainly feels like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, every day, I look at the news, and I'm like, it's very what surreal. world are we in? I feel it's like reality has a tenuous grip on reality right, right now. <laughs> Everything's fluid. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what a lot of this was, was her sort of feeling like she's so sure inside of what the right thing to do is, but how do you explain that to people and she hadn't explained it even to Murphy, really, what she had seen. So it was really cool to get to write this intervention scene where she's explaining it and everyone's going, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure about that? So, we love you, but... Yeah. Uh, That's cuckoo. Yeah. Doc wants to know where you got the drugs you're on. Right. They sound great. Yeah. <laughs> they sound terrible. <laughs> Is it fun, like, writing those uh, hellish dreamscape sequences as well with the black rainbow and just fire and brimstone and everywhere? I mean, of course, who doesn't want to write, you know, Warren's face gets burned off? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's very satisfying to type these things And out. it looks awesome. Right. <laughs> I'm just imagining you typing this and then sitting back with the Mr. Burns gesture. Just yes. excellent. <laughs> The fans will love this. Yes. <laughs> Their tears yes. give me life. <laughs> I drink them, yes. Cry more. <laughs> just have a mug that says fans' tears on them. Oh, we should. That's a Do you idea. not? We should have 10K fan tears. <laughs> 
Because he gets them. His fans are just, they're like, you better not do anything to 10K. So we love doing things to 10K. <laughs> oh. Naturally. Well, he started off tiny and adorable. So, of course, everyone's like, you're tiny and adorable. Well, and everyone else is like, oh, this will be fun. How are you going to have, you know, your angsty character staring out in the distance unless you give him something to be angsty about? You know, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really wrong. Good point. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, let's. Do we uh, just have a tears mug up on the screen right now? Is, oh is, is that what's going uh, on? I found it, guys. There it is. Tears. <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. Specifically, see if you can find one that says "Fandom Tears" because oh, I know it exists. We have a whiskey called Writer's Tears. There's got to. It's Irish. Um, Writer's <laughs> Tears is sense. delicious. It by really the way, it really is. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Bitter, a little bitter on the finish. It but, burns yeah. so good. It burns so good. <laughs> Quite strong. <laughs> Imported. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's talk about let's talk about Ward in this episode and talk about like kind of this intervention scene because yeah, it is. She had a tendency in this episode to just take off without without giving anybody a heads up, without giving any word of warning, and on the one hand. I get that of, like, she, again, she is such a strong character and she's so, um, she's so firm in her convictions that no one's going to stop her from doing what she wants to do. But at the same time, I do, I feel like she's not even really sure what to think about these visions because she can't really define it for them in in a way that's outside of, it's just a gut feeling I know to be true and I don't know how else to explain it to you guys in a way that'll make you believe me. It's one of those things that really makes sense in your own head, and then you try to put it to words, and it's like, oh, I am a crazy person. <laughs> or like when you have a dream. I, I mm-hmm. mean, you're trying to describe your dream to someone, and you're like, no, it was really scary. It was the poodle. And people <laughs> going, I don't know what that. Is. That doesn't sound. It, it was scary, you know. <laughs> and then the velociraptor turned into the blob and started to seep through the door, right. and people are like, what have you been watching? <laughs> right. Hey, raptors are scary. <laughs> They're very clever girls. I did have a dream like that once. <laughs> Where it turned into a blob and started seeping through the door. Oh huh. my god. Yeah, that clever girl. <laughs> Very clever girl. <laughs> They've evolved so much. <laughs> They're for so being, smart for being extinct. <laughs> <laughs> well, the scientists weren't trustworthy. Well, yeah. yeah. They, they aren't. They so never are. <laughs> oh, Life gosh. finds a way. <laughs> it uh, finds a, a way. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Ah. Uh, can we get Jeff Goldblum on Z Nation? Yes, I'd love that. <laughs> we should. We? That would be amazing. Right. I'd love it. Can you imagine? I don't know. Keith Allen and Jeff Goldblum in the same vicinity, it might create this sort of vortex, vortex. Oh, gosh. of quirkiness, quirky lankiness. It's one of those time paradox things. They're not actually allowed to touch each other right. or the universe will end. Would it cause a black hole to to converge on the middle of the set? Maybe they Could t- it be any worse than reality is now? Maybe they touch and then, and then it cures all disease. <laughs> Just like boom, <laughs> series end right Let's there. The end. Yeah, there you go. And it's not even a character played by Jeff Goldblum, which just is Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> he's just playing himself, he's right? Survived, and he started his own like peaceful harem. Harem. Yeah, yeah. He's the one leading Numerica. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is good. <laughs> This is we're brainstorming. This is positive. We are inside the writers' room. <laughs> um, this is pretty much what it is. <laughs> Going back to Warren's intervention, one of my favorite things about that moment was um, 10K. 
Yes. Ten- Tenke had some really good lines <laughs> this entire episode and just popping in through the sunroof spot and saying, I have things to say. He's being a jerk. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now, did that come from uh, 10K just not wanting to be in the same room as Murphy in close proximity? Or is that just 10K going, mm, you know, it'd probably be a good idea for me to keep an eye out. He's on lookout. You know, they, they haven't gotten this far for nothing. He's on lookout. But I love, I didn't realize, I thought they were going to be out in the open. So it was definitely Keith's idea to have him kind of pop down through that moonroof or whatever. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to pop in and say bye. You're terrible. Right. Uh, <laughs> but Ceiling 10K is watching you. <laughs> I had even more, I mean, to me the dynamic between 10K and Murphy is so funny because they have been bitter enemies trying to kill each other and they have been people who helped each other out in fights and so they still have sort of of this love-hate relationship Um, but that has weirdly been set aside just because they gotta survive so I think it's funny for them to go at each other. I had more stuff. I had all kinds of stuff about 10K being like, you're the worst dad I've ever seen. <laughs> Literally the worst. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Just like all all this this entire episode where Murphy is struggling to be there for his daughter and trying to get good advice and everything like that. And it's just 10K giving running commentary of like... You were the worst. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was the idea. But, you know, you can only have so much <laughs> downer between the two of them. 10K is <laughs> doing his own personal Murphy roast. Yeah, he would. <laughs> he, I'm sure he has material. Yeah, He's been, like, he was working on it throughout all of season three in the back of his head while he's having to do Murphy's bidding. He's like, oh, man, as soon as I get out of this, I'm going to blast him. It's well, going to be great. He had two years to sort of come up with some more material. I bet if you, like, went around the treehouse, you would see he has his notes. He's got his act. You know, all he's work got his, no play. Yeah. All work no play he's got his tight five down. Right. <laughs> Red's like, drawing. yeah. <laughs> Just crude drawings of Murphy. Yep. Yeah. Oh Lord. Yeah, that I mean, to be fair, you always think of like the best thing to say and the best one liner and the best comeback right. ten minutes after it would have been appropriate. So now he's been stewing with all this for ten years, yeah or two years. <laughs> and yeah, he's he's got a perfect opportunity now. Imagine how many times Red heard I should have said this. <laughs> I should have so, said this to so Murphy. Many. Yeah. She's yes, like, yes, dear. Yeah. <laughs> All right, just, put the goggles down. Okay. Yeah, it would have been funny. Just like the last 15 times you told me. Right. <laughs> yes, dear. Uh, I, I need the blooper slash sizzle reel of just Nat delivering all of those lines one right after another. Oh, that would be delightful. Be I great. need it in my life. Um, so, yeah, let's let's talk about 10K a little bit because, yeah, yeah he we'll get back to Warren, but um, he was so sweet in this episode. Um, and I think probably my favorite moment was just this heart-to-heart he has with Doc at um, this one point talking about Red and whether or not it's good to still keep believing that she's out there somewhere. Yeah, and just the, you know, if if she'd been a Z, I would have found her, but otherwise we left each other signs. And I still just... It's clearly still eating at him. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and thinking that they're going east and Red would be going to Numerica if, mm-hmm. if she had control because she assumes that's where everyone else is going. Same with Addie. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be difficult. They're, they're going in the opposite direction of where all of their friends would be if everything went all right. And, of course, this being Z Nation, of course we know that nothing's gone right. Yeah. Uh, yep. 
So that must be fun, like, getting to write these just, like, nice character bits where in between the zombie fighting and the insane apocalyptic people. It must be nice, just those little nice character moments. Well, that's what I like. I think that's what the fans like to see. I mean, that's kind of what makes it interesting is to see how these people who've been together for, what is it, year eight? I think, or year yeah. nine. Yeah. Um, Gracious. You know, who've been together, I guess, with a little break. But, you know, what they have to say to each other after this kind of a break. And um, and especially with 10K, he has experienced a lot of loss. Um, his dad and Red and, you know. Cassandra. So, yes. Uh-huh. So he's, uh, he. I don't know. He has a lot of weight, I think, inside of him, which makes him sort of a tragic figure. Yeah. Wait until he learns he shot Addie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which Doc knows that, right? Yes, He's Doc knows like, that oh. 10K shot her. By the way, she put a pin in that one. Yeah, and... <laughs> and he was about to tell her, and then something came up, and it's like, yeah, that's not the right moment. There's no right moment, but that one was not the well, right. Well, would moment. you tell? I mean, would you tell him? What's it's a, going to be the exact wrong moment, though, oh, when absolutely. it does happen. Although, I do give Doc credit for trying to do it one-on-one, as opposed to when everybody else is there. Like, 10K should be the first to know, hey, BTW, that was Addie. Just thought I'd let you know. I'm sure she's fine. She's probably fine. I wouldn't she's tell him. I wouldn't really. tell him. Because what is like what good would it do for him to know that? It would just make him feel even worse than he already feels. So to me it's like eh he But if they ever do meet know. up with her again, she's gonna be like, You tried to shoot me and she's... he'll be like, What Maybe that's what happens. <laughs> Maybe. I feel like at this point we just don't want Lucy to know. Yeah. Mm. I think that's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. She's a uh, she's a moody teenager, and yeah, just I yeah I I the less she knows on that account, probably the yeah. better. Yeah, and we have her being able to talk to zombies now, basically doing what Murphy used to be able to do, and I would say probably doing it for longer than he was able to do it in terms of mm. straight up communication with and manipulation. She's of zombies. like three years old, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's been in Zona for two years, and yeah, we saw his his rapid progression probably over the course of the year. So yeah, she's she's been at it for a little bit longer than him. Well, and she was born with it. It's mm-hmm. like kids who are born with phones and who are, you know, <laughs> they're given toys where they're taught coding right away. You know, it's just a different, she's able to access it. It's a different skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, yeah. she can access it so much more easily than he could have, I think. Yeah. It is, it's interesting seeing him really trying to connect with her, too, because she definitely resents the fact that he looked at his condition as a disease that he was cured of, and she's like, you didn't need to be cured. Oh, am I a disease that needs to be cured? Thanks, Dad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you called me Dad. Right. <laughs> this is her situation normal, but he had a good chunk of his adult life before the zombie apocalypse happened, and all of this happened to him. So for him, he's back to what his normal was before the apocalypse occurred. But not in prison. Living the, <laughs> living the high life. Ah, male fraud. Well, he does also abandon her quite often. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot yeah. of those issues, too. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you can completely understand why, in every situation, he did abandon her. 
But that doesn't mean, that doesn't make up for the fact that he wasn't there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, it was a rational decision every time, or at one point he thought she was dead. So, yeah, it's it's one thing where it's like, it makes sense why you made the choices you made. You still weren't there for her. Yeah. You can't really mm-hmm. fault her for being angry either. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm sure he thought he'd have more time. He's like... It's the baby years. She's not going to remember that she yeah. misses her dad. And then he comes back and she's like 26. And he's like, oh, oh that, that oh. is a thing that occurred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried about whether or not she's going to continue aging rapidly. Um, like if she's going to, because at one point he's like, she's almost my age. And it's just like, oh, wait, is is that a thing that's going to keep happening? Is she going to hit her twilight years, you know, by the time they get to wherever it is they're going? Yeah. She seems to have evened out a little more for now. Yeah. She is three years old. I I don't know. Anything could happen. She could hit another growth spurt, so to speak. But or they it could seem, get accelerated for some reason. They all seem to be very emotionally charged whenever she did that. And we've had two years, and she hasn't aged too much more than the last time we saw her. So I think that might have leveled out a bit. And also, we're not using child actors anymore, so it <laughs> might be a little easier to work with. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Logistics. They're a thing. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. That was probably a huge motivating factor in terms of curing Murphy because now he doesn't getting have to him s- out of the chair. He doesn't have to be in the makeup chair. But now she does! Instead. <laughs> nope, <just> <laughs> like, well, well, we can't have both. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, that's like what, six hours of makeup between the two of them? I would, I mean, with both of them in yeah. separate chairs, yeah, that was a lot. I'm not sure exactly how many hours it was, but it was a lot of time. It's too many. Yeah. <laughs> is the answer. Well, especially oh. if Murphy had to show his scars, which he did a lot yeah. at first. Or if he was uh, still doing, having the patching, the yeah. makeup work, which uh, took longer. Which right. ironically was supposed to save time, but actually took longer to do. Oh, man. Poor Keith. But, but I do love that just because, uh, that we're, we're still not through seeing the repercussions of him being cured. Because... As we see here, he's lost his connection to the zombies, but he hasn't lost his taste for human flesh. (laughs) Or maybe that was just a desperate move. I don't know. I mean, some people eat their boogers. Some people eat their fingernails. Some people eat their scar tissue. You just eat their scarred flesh. It's like not a big deal. I mean, the first time he did something, he just took his blood and tasted it. And I was like, okay, I did that once as a kid. Like, that's not that gross, objectively. <laughs> I mean, that's basically mm-hmm. the, the equivalent right. of, like, cutting your finger and being like, ah, and, like, sucking on it. If you say it. you've never tasted your blood, you're a liar. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. that just happens accidentally, even if yeah. you bite the inside of your cheek. You yep. know what your own blood tastes like. Yeah. Right. Clearly his does something to him where he goes on a trip for a hot second, but I love I love how Keith does that little jolt. He's he did it with the Z weed too. I love those little moments that he gives of just zap. Yeah, it's it's very reminiscent of when he was captured by the collector and the collector made him eat brain and he's like, I'm not I'm no, that's not a thing I want and then he actually does it and then yeah, it's that yep. same thing. It was that jolt. So, so clearly good. he's he's lost his connection to the zombies and to Lucy, but it hasn't completely gone away. And I'm just 
really worried about what that's going to do to him. <laughs> but you know what Who I'm... even knows? You know what I'm not worried about? As Alicia Perez uh, brings up in the hashtag, I am not worried about his awesome Zorro skills. <laughs> I am amazed that he was able to cut through a zombie like that with... Sword canes aren't terribly hardy blades, depending on how you take care of it and where you get them. And bone is hard to cut through. These are Ginsu. This is a this was created by Ginsu, the cane sword. <laughs> it's it a Hattori yeah, Hanzo blade. It can cut through the can, it can cut through a Z. <laughs> The Stop. Japanese blades are notoriously terrible. Shh, quiet. That's why so <laughs> it's a Hattori Hanzo blade. That's why so many of them shattered in battle. They had really bad steel. Stop it. They had You're to ruining fold it samurai. a thousand times to make it work at all. Michelle. I was going to say also the bone is softer because it's a zombie, but we went on a different tangent. <laughs> <laughs> just wanting to add the scientific See? facts about zombies. <laughs> Osteoporosis right. and sword fighting. Hashtag Z Nation Science. Uh, yes. Right. Um, <laughs> Not gonna lie, I saw him pick up that cane, and I was like, is it a sword cane? And I got really <laughs> excited when it turned out to be a sword cane. It's fun to go through and, and to, to decide, well, what's everyone's signature weapon gonna be for the season? So this was cool. I got to choose. His oh, nice. So, so yeah. this was your decision. This wasn't Keith going, I call dibs on a cane sword. Well, I think we all threw things out in the room, and then that was my suggestion. And I don't remember who said yes, whether it was Carl or Keith or whomever, but that's what it ended up being. Because it seems to go. He's sort of tall and dapper, and um, it's like an elegant sort of thing and a little quirky. So I think we yeah. thought he'd cut a dashing figure. With and, that. and no one has one yet. So, right. Yeah. Didn't he have one at one point when he was in Spokane? Wasn't that part of his ensemble? I think he had a cane, was but I don't pimp? know if it was well, a, it wasn't sword. a sword. Was it cane? A but I feel like he was. <laughs> I, I feel like, like he, he had the pimp cane. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like he was naturally drawn to the cane because I think that was, of that. I think right, that might have right? been season two when he was in Cheyenne. And they did the whole going through the whole and stripper thing. Yep, I could definitely that's see him I, in his I, pimp outfit. He definitely, I think he just prefers canes. Oh, oh yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. It was good. I love the sword cane, and I know we talked about it a little bit already uh, in uh, other aftershows. But I love the shield that Warren. Yes, has. I love the Z shield. Just go full Captain America and beat someone with your shield. Yes, please. <laughs> I love it so much that I got really annoyed when she. Gave it up by the end of the episode <laughs> and didn't pick it back up. No. Like it just she she picked a new weapon and and moved on. But you, you could always it, use though. a shield just yeah, in case. It, though I mean maybe it'll appear again. Like she went back and picked it up. Bare minimum, guys, send us lots of fan art of it because yeah. it's fantastic. Absolutely, show show us your cosplays. Fills me with so much joy. Uh, I'm sure people are adding those to their Warren cosplays now. Just like, where can I get a Route 66 sign? (laughs) Aside from prying it off of Route 66, because uh, that's illegal, you guys. Don't steal street signs. (laughs) Old-timey candy shops, that kind of thing. Just go in. Find your local Rocket Fizz. Right, exactly. Check Amazon Prime. (laughs) Yeah. They got some stuff. They've got just about everything. (laughs) Um, Kind of getting back to um, Murphy's relationship with Lucy. Um, I, like, he's, again, he's doing a really bad job at, like, trying to connect with her, but we see that he, at at the, at bare minimum, definitely cares about her more than he has shown, like, caring about anybody 
anybody else in the past because Zona guys come right out of nowhere and they have this electrified zombie net, which... Taser net. Again, it's all of the money that Zona can throw at something. They were very, very rich. I'm sure they have a robust R&D department. Had. Past tense. Yeah. Yeah. Zona is, despite the fact that they have active agents in the field, Zona is past tense. With the possible exception of Dr. Sunshine? Is that his name? I think so. He doesn't have a name yet. Andy Warhol glasses. Yeah, the guy. He has a name on IMDb. Okay. Mm. I believe it's Dr. Sunshine. I put a spreadsheet together, man. (laughs) Pretty sure it's Dr. I'm just going to keep calling him Andy Warhol glasses. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I'm going to call him Creepy Clap Guy. (laughs) That works, too. (laughs) See, that is what I do when I'm making a point at someone. Or trying to frighten the cat. (laughs) <laughs> we can compel our studio audience. Actually, it's smart, though, because if you're clapping a lot, your my palms always get tired. That's true. So he's smarter than us. I don't know yeah. what to tell you. <laughs> innovation. Yeah. That's and why he's the scientist. Right. Innovation. Zona. <laughs> we have to bring this up. Renji in chat says, hashtag Captain Numerica. Bless you. With the I shield. love it. I love it. I, I love it. I would love to see her as Captain Numerica. That would be amazing. Yes. Ah, but she's going east. Design contest, go. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's not going anywhere near Numerica. Again, assuming Numerica is even still there, we don't know. Or if it was ever there in the first place. We don't know. We don't. Maybe Numerica mm. is like home in that it's where the heart is. Maybe. Or Canada. In that it's north? In that it's that's in the Yukon. It ah. <laughs> It's in the Yukon Territory. It's mm-hmm. in Kenyatta. Wait. Never mind. She's making a reference to a different show. Nope. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about... Sorry if this is going on no, a different track. No, go let's for just, it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just go. shout out to Sergeant Lily for having the personality mm. come out. Yes. I loved her lines. I am in love with her. I am so happy that you guys introduced her as a character. She's just the best. We thought of her as, like, an old sergeant. You know, we were thinking of these, like, write her like an old cantankerous man. (laughs) And then, but you you give these lines to this, you know, beautiful young woman. So she's a lot of fun to write now and to sort of explore, well, what is her dynamic going to be with everybody else? So it's exciting. Yeah, and I'm I'm really glad that she's been introduced as a member of the group because like something that's really great about everybody who's with us right now is that everybody has such strong and defined personalities. But the you know, they've had several seasons to develop that. Her coming in here, it's easy to just be like, oh, you know, another soldier comes in. Oh, another NCP. She'll be dead in, like, three episodes. No, she's sitting here diffusing bombs, getting grenades, um, like, diffusing traps. And, as you said, being a contank, you know, having the personality of a cantankerous old man while she's doing it. (laughs) And it's amazing. And we also kind of wanted to sneak her in. Um, I thought Carl Schaefer, the showrunner, did such a good job of sort of tricking the audience into thinking this is sort of a standard red shirt, and then it turns out, oh, she's the new character. Yeah, I, I mean, I was looking at every all of the, the soldiers that were introduced at the beginning of the season, and I figured that out of all of them, Henry Rollins was going to be the one uh, out of all of them to stick around. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. Not true! <laughs> <laughs> Opposite! 
appreciate having her around, though. She's fun. And the, I enjoyed the grenades, the first grenade scene. Oh, there's more than one grenade scene in this episode. <laughs> Enders, I love it. Enders are smart for being completely insane. Yeah. <laughs> All the traps they set. I, I, the, the rat guy. Rat <laughs> puppets. <laughs> that puppet, though. It was kind <laughs> of horrifying. I loved it. I was like, this is like a Jim Henson puppeteer who just got caught in the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is a rodent of unusual when, size. When they, right. Yeah, that's the when joke they, you kept. When they, when they started being surrounded by all these z- zombie rats, I was like, rodents of unusual size? I don't think they exist. <laughs> right. <laughs> An homage. The, the camera work for that was so much fun. Yeah, that's all key. That that was so fun. I loved the little Z that kind of came over the top and like. <laughs> that made me laugh so much. <laughs> I love all the little Keith touches. What's been your favorite type of zombie that we've seen so far? Uh, the one that I think is the scariest is the blasters. They yes. scared the crap out of me when I'm, the first time I saw them. They're so scary. Um, we didn't have any blasters in this episode, but I hope we haven't seen the end of the blasters because they they're terrifying. I was the original headshots don't work, zombies. Yes, I I was definitely intrigued by them as well because that was the first time we saw Murphy's abilities not work right on a particular Z. Um, they were irradiated. They ran really fast, and yeah, they were really hard to put down. So, and you couldn't reason with them, <laughs> right? Which is similar to the Mad Z's. Lucy can't hear the Mad Z's the same way that uh, she can hear the regular Z's. So, we wanted to sort of have something that was more of an element of danger for everyone, so it wasn't so easy for them to get through situations. Yeah, and and again, it's that connection that makes her a little bit of a liability to the team right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she yeah, she'll fight the the mad zombies because as she says it's just screaming, but when they come across a regular zombie, she will go out of her way to try to help it even when it's very clearly a trap. Yeah. Like there there were no ifs, ands, or buts about that. That was very much a trap set for her, and she ran headfirst into it anyway. Hmm. Yes. I had a thought and it went away. <laughs> but I worry about her. And then, you know, when she gets called out on it, like, she just, you know, she resents it. She resents that she gets called out on, like, putting herself in danger. Well, we saw, she- we saw Murphy going through that same kind of a thought process before. So it's just her, except she's even more, I mean, add sort of raging hormones to what he was going through. And, and toddler tantrums. Yeah. Right. Well, and Murphy going through that had the entire team going, uh, what are you doing? No, okay, we get the sudden burst of compassion, but uh, we need to be a little more pragmatic. She's had Addie with her, and we know that she bit Addie, so we don't know what kind of relationship they had out of what we saw in the first couple of episodes. So there might not have been a lot of authority there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, at the at bare minimum, she had somebody she could communicate her feelings with. Um, and in this group, the one person she would think would be able to understand her is actively, uh, like... Again, somebody who went through this exact same thing. Uh, even going back to the Grand Canyon episode that they insist that they were never at. <laughs> that was 
was a good callback. We were never at the Grand Canyon. I mean, Murphy was screaming when those zombies went over the cliff. So, yeah, anybody who would understand what she's going through, you would think it would be him. You'd think, but see, that's part of what her problem with Murphy is. Essentially, he's self-centered. And so even though he should be able to empathize with her, because he's not going through that at this exact moment, he's kind of like, eh, and pikes the thing. And it's like, let's go, move your ass. And he's just very... You know, he's very whatever is in the moment. He's very present about it. and But it is self-centered, and he should have more empathy for her. She has a point. But he also prioritized her life over the life of this random Z. Like, sorry, you're already dead. She's not. Right. Yeah. I'm just, uh, yeah, again, I'm very concerned that Enders keep popping up, and I'm very concerned that Zona is still on their tail. Even... They've made it all the way to Kansas, right? Have they? Yeah, I think I think this is outside of like outside of a city in Kansas. Yeah, it's that area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they've made it all the way to Kansas, and Zona is still on their tail. This is bad. They have a mission, and they haven't been in contact with uh, their higher ups to tell them that they have a different mission. So, as far as they know, they still have this mission. And what else is there to do? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's also true. What are you going to do? Get a hobby, right? Locking yes. the guy in the, uh, the zombie RV though was that was hilarious. A thing of wonder and glory. Those poor terrifying children. At least they got a meal. I was going to say they weren't exactly. <laughs> Being quiet as they triumph through this 200 miles of car death. <laughs> That's just very true. shouting to each other and killing zombies loudly because they have to. I get that. But then also, like, I don't think it'd be hard for Zona people to track them. <laughs> right. I love that they were just right. basically murdering zombies on what's essentially the 405 during rush hour. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's what this is. And also, knowing that there are Enders out there and zombies out there, they were just shouting and loud. And it's like, you're making this harder for yourself. I we feel like you should be in a formation. I've never been to Kansas myself, but I have, have. A, I have a friend who went on a cross-country road trip to Kansas with her mom. And she was saying that out there, it's just flat. Yep. It's just mm-hmm. flat nothingness. And so I'm just imagining, like, these Zona troops, like, walking along and just hearing in the distance, being like, oh, yeah, I guess I, I can see them. There's no incline. Let's just go. <laughs> oh, they're right there. There's there. there no incline. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Having been to Kansas all of once and never feeling the need to return. That... <laughs> I share that feeling because I accidentally drove through Kansas on my way moving out here. Accidentally. <laughs> Did you, when I Google mapped it, it didn't show Kansas. And then the GPS took me and it, I saw the sign and it said, welcome to Kansas. And I was like, looks like I trust the GPS more than myself. Yeah. And I drove and it was back highways. And I just remember like I needed to use a restroom, but every stop was terrifying <laughs> that I was just like, I'll wait until. Sorry, everyone. The zombie apocalypse. I'm sure there are parts of Kansas that are very very nice, but the back highway I took was terrifying, and that's what I equate this <laughs> car area with. Uh, See, I, I remember an airport with a single terminal, and the smallest Walmart I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I did. Kansas. I did want to ask a little bit about the setting for this particular episode, because yeah, sure enough, a lot of those establishing shots of all those cars living in Los Angeles do give me flashbacks, not only to being on the 405, but also uh, coming out of, like, concert venues, Mm. where it's just cars for as far as the eye can see, and you're like, 
where did we park again? I guess we're going on a journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just set off the panic button. That'll go for like right. a mile. <laughs> so were you guys thinking just car graveyard or like parking structure originally? Where did that idea come from? Originally, we actually had a place, because you know everything's filmed in Spokane, and we actually had a site that was sort of um, a slash dumping ground slash sort of collector's site that was at a private property and um and they were gonna film there and then the road collapsed um so they sent you know they sent a picture of like here's where the set would be you know (laughs) this big (laughs) crater (laughs) cool so i'm actually not sure so they it was a little bit of improv improvising to set it in more of a car lot that it's like a bunch of people came and parked rather than everything was just sort of swept together um, so, but actually, I think it ended up being, it's an interesting idea, and it kind of goes in with the theme of these th- people and mass disappearances. Um, yeah, I mean, there would be a huge exodus. There would be a place where everybody's trying to get there, and their cars are all jumbled up, and it looks like the La La Land opening. And, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, we've seen, like, in, in post-apocalyptic stuff, we've seen cars, like, on freeways trying to get out. But, and we, like, in other shows, I, like, see lots of junkyards and stuff like that, but never quite just a field of mm-hmm. vehicles where it, it literally, anything could jump out at you from around any corner. Um, again, you're on this very flat, level plane because... That's what Kansas is. And you're just, again, surrounded by a sea of vehicles without any sign of being able to get out of it. And, again, having these, you know, having people disguise themselves. I was, like, I was super impressed with the Ender's disguises. Toilet seat dude was my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Not gonna lie. I just really, really appreciated that guy. I mean, for being nuts, it's very industrious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of like Mod Podge and sort of putting it all together. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me of actually, um, there are some cosplayers at like conventions that like dress up as Transformers that actually do have the ability to sort of like put themselves into a vehicle mode and then like come back out. And I I see these enders emerging from the cars and I was like, that's some really nifty cosplay. Murder in disguise. <laughs> I think for Halloween, and you know, Ender in the junkyard is the way to go. You just whatever you have, you just stick it on yourself and yeah. go. All right, I'm I'm a haunted doll baby Ender. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Quick trip to Home Depot and right. yeah. Dilly Jean Girl in chat says it's like a haunted maze of cars. Yeah, a little bit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that close-up shot on the the baby doll. Oh, that was, that was hauntingly realistic. Like, is that a... Nope, that's not a baby. Is that a child? No, we didn't go there again. Yeah, for, okay. For a moment, I thought it was a baby in a car, and I was just like, oh, it's just a doll. Oh, it's a doll. Keith, <laughs> Keith likes terrifying dolls. There was a lot of them. You could spot them. Did you guys yeah. see the little doc? The little mini doc behind no. him? Watch If you watch it again during the intervention, there's like a little tiny prospector doll that looks exactly like Doc during the scene. So there's a lot of these like little sort of funny that's touches. Awesome. That's oh, amazing. That's precious. Yeah. Set oh. dressing. It's cute. Oh, that's fantastic. Did you have a favorite ender? Uh, I guess toilet seat guy. Who doesn't love toilet seat guy? I mean, 
<laughs> it's going to be the hot Halloween costume this year. I love that his friends were like, okay, I'm going to wear this and I'm going to blend in. He's like, I'm going to put a toilet seat on my head. <laughs> I totally blend it. I like guns. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know that none of, I mean, only the RV cars have toilet seats and that it doesn't, uh, you do you, you like, do you. you know what? <laughs> yeah. You were so proud of finding this and right. even put a little smiley face on it. And guys, I just don't have the heart to tell him. I just don't. <laughs> uh, how great would like Ender kind of like roundtable discussions be? So like, okay, guys, we all like went out to Ravage today. Uh, right. Let's let's do a play by play, like a post mortem on our day of ravaging. You know, as much as I made fun of toilet seat guy, that face protection really came in handy during the fight. <laughs> like, yeah, but I was fighting blind. I was just flailing. It worked. <laughs> I feel like toilet seat guys not very bright. <laughs> they're enders. They they're industrious, but yeah, I wouldn't. Bright's not the the word I would use yeah. for any of. Them. This is very advanced work for enders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of them just kind of run around and scream, and that seems to work out for them. Uh, but yeah, these guys laying in wait. Good on them. And they actually work together because a lot of times we had thought of uh, when we first thought about the Enders, we thought that they couldn't even get along with each other, that it was just as soon as they saw something, they just wanted to rip it apart, you know. Um, so, yeah, these guys are very, I mean, familial, really. Yeah. Seeing well, when them work you're together. In, when you're in gridlock on the freeway, you either hate the people <laughs> right. you're stuck with or you start bonding. You're right. like, we're all in this together. <laughs> Just nobody start honking and everything will be fine. Oh, that's how they all died. Someone started honking in the back and that was it. Someone left their car alarm on and someone else oh. bumped into it. Right. And then they just chain reaction all go off. Someone didn't signal and they cut the other one off yep. and that was it. It was just a road rage incident <laughs> yeah. gone wrong. That's yeah. how this all happened. <laughs> I feel like if there was something to distract you from the apocalypse, a road rage moment would possibly be one of them. <laughs> You're like, yes, the world is ending, but it's really important but you have that a I turn can't. signal. <laughs> you did not signal. How dare you? <laughs> it is a built-in feature. So it is the 405. <laughs> right. There actually was, I, I had one, like, kind of bonding experience on the 405. Um, I think it was construction, or it might have just been a he heavy traffic day heading out of town um, over to where the 5 uh, ends up splitting with a bunch of other freeways. And there's this overpass, and we were all stuck there. And people started using their honk, uh, their horn to, like, do, 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 do. <laughs> and, like, and like other other little things like that and I was like we're bonding <laughs> this is like the only time I've seen horns used in like a fun non-angry way and yeah so maybe they did have like a, a bonding sort of moment before they all had to abandon their before cars and run hell. <laughs> well they didn't oh yeah. <laughs> yep. yep good times um well guys we are running a not necessarily short on time, but we are wrapping up a little bit. Uh, do we have any final thoughts on this episode before we kind of delve into prediction territory? Well, we have two things we didn't yet discuss. Yes, let's do uh, that. Warren climbing the tower and having the glitch ha! in the Matrix moment. Yeah, that what was, was with her hand. That was fascinating, and I like that goes a little into predictions. And the other one, I want to give a shout out to Kaya in the sky. Yes, yeah. yes, Kaya in the sky. <laughs> we heard her voice and her baby's voice. Her Simon, baby. your Cute. family is waiting for you. What happened to him? He's in the Yukon. I don't know. No. 
know. It's little, weird. A little baby voice. Little so baby cute. voice. That was a cute baby voice. I knew it would get people. So. <laughs> it did. We honestly. Return it was, of the Mr. Burns. You're right. First of all, it was just really nice to hear Kaya's voice again. Mm. She has such a fun energy to her, and just. And a fun way of speaking, like, again, the dialogue choices for her have always been fantastic, and she's just so much fun, and even when she's, like, you can tell she misses Simon with all of her heart, like, there's still this, like, optimistic energy about her, and I just, I love, I love seeing, hearing that she's still around. She's cool. I love that actress, too. She does such a good job. Yeah. I love the, just the... You know Citizen Z <laughs> moment. Okay. I think another little aside I want to give a shout out to because I loved it so much is just continuing um, Murphy and Doc's relationship and yes. Doc just asking what Zona was like all the time. The breakfast <laughs> going through what the days Sundays of the week like? and Sundays bottomless mimosas, fresh right. berries, and he's like, I bet they were canned. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> fresh. <laughs> just having that banter still exist between them after everything that they've been through is one of my favorite things, and it's why. It would break my heart if Doc had anything happen to him. We can't. Just looking at you. <laughs> I, just, I, I appreciate. No spoilers, but Doc. Di- if Doc dies, we riot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate 10K giving Murphy like the world's tiniest knife. Yeah. <laughs> just, yes! It's not the size. It's how you use it. I'm just like yes. Yeah. There's there, a reason I like you. <laughs> there were there were some fantastic character bits in this episode. Yes. Did you have anything, uh, any any favorite moments in particular? Uh, the bottomless Joe line, that whole thing about <laughs> yes. the bottomless mimosas and bottomless Joe. <laughs> in the writer's room when we were breaking the episode, the whole conversation came to me as a whole bit. And, <laughs> and I was convinced, I was like, there's no, this is so dumb. There's no way that bottomless Joe will be canon, but it is. So you're welcome. That's fantastic. <laughs> I did love Bottomless Show. Right. That little story. (laughs) Well, but I feel like you need, like, you can think it's dumb, but you need conversations like that. Right. Because this is the kind of dumb stuff that people talk about. Right. Especially when they've run out of other things to talk about. They can't talk about what happened on TV last night. There's none of that anymore. Right. They've also been apart for two years, so there's a lot to get caught up on. Well, it also kind of shows you that 10K and Doc were in somewhat of communication because obviously Doc had told him about Bottomless Joe at some point. So it's just little hints of like how involved they've been with each other. Yeah. And also, I mean, breakfast is delicious. So who doesn't want to <laughs> think true. about breakfast? Bottomless. Any any time you go to a place with brunch where there are bottomless mimosas, it is the best. It's Thank good. you, Saddle Ranch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh. It is delightful. Um, but as yeah. Getting to hear uh, Kaya was great again. Yeah, lots of questions. And that's why I'm really worried about Warren's grip on reality. Because it's like, it kind of, I couldn't even, and, I, and this is the part Sorry. where you start to go, they have no idea, they'll never guess. I can't say. Um, yeah. well, and we say. don't, we don't want any spoilers either. Yeah. But like, just the way she was looking at her hand and the way it kind of looked like a robot hand to me, and I was really unsettled by that. What did Zona do to her? Did they give her an adamantium skeleton like Wolverine? Is this even Warren? <laughs> is it a robot? I think she it could be a robot clone. I think it's time for the lights. <laughs> I, I think, think it's it time that we delve into some predictions. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> 
There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to throw it out there right now. Warren's a robot. <laughs> robot clone! I mean, I had this moment of, really? And then I had this moment of, okay, but this is Z Nation. Why not? I think. Just why not? That it's not necessarily a robot. It might have been an automatronic suit that they put her in because she was in a comatose mm. state. And then they just effed with her. Like, she didn't get to lie peacefully for two years in her coma. As peacefully as one can be after being shot in the in the center of the abdomen and then in a coma. They definitely... Uh, I mean, they had her in a weird plasticky cocoon. And I'm sure they justified whatever they did to her by going... Well, give her a pedicure. So, I mean, I guess that makes us squaresies. I think... (laughs) None of us are over Zona's weird hygiene habits for their coma patients. That makes it okay for us to experiment on her, right? (laughs) As long as she looks nice afterwards, it's fine. I like the the shoes they left her. She'll need... She'll want to be comfortable, so we're going to put them in some Lucite stripper heels. (laughs) And perfect white underwear, which is so hard to keep clean. Like, who has the time? Who are you people? The laundering staff is on point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's like a 24-hour just laundry collection and trash collection to keep those streets spotless. Uh, Billie or, Jean Girl like will Disneyland. be... Yeah. Un- <laughs> yes! <laughs> Billie Jean Girl will be unhappy if this is all a dream and Warren's in a coma. And Kate McMullen says, for God's sake, she came out of the pod in heels. <laughs> uh, Alicia yep. Perez is wondering that, too. And <laughs> is this the real life? Is this, is just this fantasy? fantasy? She sent us a delightful gif. Uh, she, her gif game is always on point. And it is a thing of wonder and beauty. Delightful. Uh, she also sent us one from The Little Mermaid about uh, Lucy being a teenager teenagers they think they know everything <laughs> well done Alicia Perez um yep. I do I was because I was originally on board with that of like what would the, what about the twist of she doesn't wake up at the end or we realize she just wakes up and she's in the pot or something terrifying and she's still in Zona and she's been trapped but now I do I do think and lean more toward the idea that they put her in a suit that they could control um, and made her work like they just did experiments on her. They made her work through different things for the reset, and that's why she's having these different visions scenarios. And, these moments. Yeah. Um, and if they were mapping it out and doing a simulation of the actual thing, that might be what's driving her to go east, and why it's terrifying her and making her freak out and cry. Yeah, possibly. It also explains why her body is still in shape after two years face. in a coma, <laughs> because at that point yeah, you she's have still in fighting shape. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm. I'm wondering, A, what is the black rainbow? And the more and more I look at it, the more I'm like, that's probably a zombie. That's probably made of zombies. That, that looks like <laughs> an arch of dead bodies. That, so. that is probably an arch of zombies. Um, it's made of people. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Millie Jean Girl in chat says, what if she's still in Zona and just a floating head in the jar? <gasps> she's dead in the pan! <laughs> oh, my God. That would be horrifying. <laughs> Her and Walt Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for the opportunity to and make a the, Jan in the pan. All reference. of the presidents from you. Futurama. Right. <laughs> I would only accept that if Doctor Kareen's head was also there. Yes. Oh, that's the only way I would accept that moment. What, what I'm concerned about is, yeah, Doctor Teller told her to trust these visions, but he was also sort of on the fritz when he told her that. I'm wondering, and it is it's also entirely possible he could have been purposely misinformed. He might have seen the experiments. Yeah. 
this all might be a trap. I'm on. I'm on my bus. Like this. I fully believe she was experimented on, alien style. Oh, by I'm Sona, sure. By Doctor Sunshine. <laughs> and Murphy was just gleefully oblivious <laughs> well, because they plied him with bottomless mimosas and celebrity status and lawn bowling and yeah croquet and horseback tennis and golf, horseback riding for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Casual sex, <laughs> so much right. casual sex. Um, but yes. Uh, I, th- I guess any any other final thoughts on this week's episode or uh, final predictions before we have to wrap up for the evening? I'm just going to stick with Jan in the pan. That makes me super happy. I'm, I'm going to end on that. Head in a jaw. Oh God. Um, I feel like wherever, based on the promo, wherever they're going next week, they're going to find survivors of of their groups. I'm they're not going to find all of them, but so excited for the preview that we got for next week because oh. it looks like a straight up horror yeah. nights style haunted house. It looks like We're a like, bottle episode and I am down. If, if you're looking for a little bit of scary for your Halloween weekend, um, it's going to be a good episode for you. I am so excited. I am excited too. It's going to be a good right. one. Well, uh, I can't say thank you enough for, for coming on. Do you have any upcoming projects that you can talk about uh, that no. you like people to know about? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always, I'm always doing stuff for the asylum, so whenever we have a movie coming out, I'm, I probably have had some kind of a hand in that. And, um, oh, I have a play that's going to come out next year that'll be published. It's called Skeleton Stories. So if you yeah. want some twisted sickness in your community theater, that's the place to go. Where do we go? Where do we get it? Can we pre-order it on Amazon? You know what? I'll let you know once it's once it's done. But uh, yeah, Perfect. so everything's coming together right now. Perfect. Keep an eye out on the Twitters for that one. That's right. Uh, anything else uh, you want the fans to know about this episode? Um, just that it was a labor of fun and love, and that it was a blast. And as always, I have so much pleasure working with the Z Nation cast and crew. Yep, and it's always so much fun to watch when it all comes together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Where can people go if they want to keep up with you? Oh, yeah. Go to my Twitter. It's at Delandra underscore W. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, cannot say thank you enough for coming on. Michelle, where can people go if they want to keep up with you? You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Colin. I'm Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social medias and on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. All of my shows are back. It's great. Tune in for those, including Voltron, later on tonight at 9 p.m. I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mengman. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. I write articles for the movie chick. That's Chick with two Ks. And I also do the voice of Margot Lane for the Shadow Radio Recreation, which is in Season 2. Guys, if you haven't already done so, please go to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you and it's the best way to let our producers know you guys like the show thank you guys so so much for watching we will see you all next time from executive producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire AfterBuzz tv staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz tv network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 